Hi, and welcome to Tabletop Treasures, your podcast all about tabletop RPGs and the like. We've got news, we come up with stories, come up with characters. I'm your host, Karen. And I'm Ryan. And this week, we've got a lovely new little thing for you. We're going to be talking about uh, kind of like nifty little software or gadgets that will help your tabletop. So I guess we'll get started right with it. Um, Ryan's got a lovely little thing for us, so take us with it, Ryan. No worries. Um, What I'm going to be talking about this week is a beautiful little gadget I've been using, I think, for almost a year now called Albert Rodeo. Now, what's interesting about Albert Rodeo, it's a virtual tabletop. Unlike a lot of the other virtual tabletops you might have used before, Albert Rodeo prides itself on how few features it has. Um, It is extremely lightweight, extremely simple to use, and incredibly practical to whack down either on an online game or a, a digital tabletop. Um, and just immediately start playing. It comes with its own tokens um, and is basically ready to to just go out of the box. Um, it's been it's been fantastic for the kind of tabletop I play, and I don't think I could live without it at this point. So that that's pretty. I like the idea that it is lightweight and tries to get the features out of you. I think one thing that I notice while using some others is they really highlight their features around especially like lighting like oh you could make sure all the walls are in here and the characters can like see the um they get the the kind of collisions that block the light and those are really cool but they take a lot of time to set up now if i if you just don't use them obviously that setup's not there but from what it sounds like um albert rodeo kind of takes that away from you so you don't even have the choice? Not quite. So Albert Radio certainly does not have a robust uh, lighting system. What it does have is very, very rudimentary but practical fog of war. So while you're not going to be able to move your own tokens and uh, have the shadows bounce off walls the way they do in some of the other virtual tabletops, um. What you can do very, very simply is it has like a pen tool, it has shapes tool. Uh, you can draw Fog of War in. The way I like to do it is I'll cover the whole map in Fog of War and then assign rooms using shapes, squares most often if it's a square room, for example. Um, my players enter the room. Our Bear Radio makes it very, very easy to turn that room's Fog of War off and uh, my players can see the room. Um, I like you're talking about. I know. I know that the lighting systems are very popular, and um, I can certainly see the benefit. And I love that sort of thing. And if I had the time to make that on all of my maps, I, you know, probably would. Um, <laughs> yeah, I find. But sometimes, like if you prepare a bunch of maps, which I have done, sometimes the players will just be like, "Ah, uh, we're going to take the adventure this way," which you know is fine. But then you're like, I don't have anything prepared. Just got to whip something up real quick. So like, it's hard to prepare for the unpreparedness, I guess, when you're, when you're mm-hmm. that deep in a system. Yeah, you're raising a very uh, good point about uh, what I like about Albert Radio, actually, because I'm, 
and I think this is true of you, and I'm sure as this podcast goes on, we're going to get into it a lot, but we both do quite a lot of improv. Um, oh, very and much I, so. I do like to write adventures in advance, but I'm very open to the idea of the players doing whatever they want. Um, and I think a lot of writing in advance is because, you know, I, I like to have ideas. I like to use my imagination. And if the players stumble in the direction of the adventure I've pre-written, that's fantastic. Um, they never do, ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're, you're exactly right that if I spent all of this time preparing these maps and the intricate lighting systems that would never be used, I would be extremely frustrated. Um, although a big shout out to a lot of the uh, artists who have Patreons quite often where there's a tier that just provides you with um, like virtual tabletop ready versions of their maps with oh, the lighting really cool. already. I I've love those guys. hardly looked into that. I, I can't say I use them very often because <laughs> like we're talking about right now, I'm a big Albert radio user, but I, I always think those things look fantastic when people actually do use them. Um, but with Albert radio, something I'm doing a ton is uh, using their drag and drop feature. Um, it is literally as simple as having my uh, desktop, my browser, uh, my explorer open and um, typing the keywords in that I have my map sorted by or even Googling if it's very, very last minute and I'm very underprepared and dragging it over onto the uh, tab, uh, Outbear Radio being an, an online uh, application or website, um, dragging it into Outbear Radio. Most uh, of them and are I have there. Map there. Mm, yeah, which is great. Um, and there it is. There's the map I'm using. Um Another feature they have that I really enjoy in that regard is it will detect existing grids on the map, and I find it actually does that very, very well. Um, so I don't think I've, the, the two the that I've used, I don't think I've seen do that. You can, yeah. if you know the measurements, like you know that the grid is 16 pixels wide, you can tell, tell the thing that, and it will line it up to its own placement grid. Yeah, so I I mean, I was dumbfounded when I realized it was doing that, and I've watched some of the dev vlogs, um, and I believe that is how it works. Uh, as I understand it, its first attempt is to read the file name, um, and if the file name has dimensions in it, it will use those, like 22 by 35 or uh, what have you. Um, and Smart. if it doesn't, I, as I understand, um, it will attempt to figure it out. Um, and in my experience, it's virtually always worked. The only times it hasn't is when the grid has been so faint that even I can barely see it. So I don't really, I don't really blame it for that. And you can generally just type the dimensions in yourself anyway. Yeah, that's um, fair enough. But it's it's so it's so quick to get a map going. Um, and the same applies to tokens. So I have a huge library of uh, sort of virtual tabletop tokens that I use as well. Um, also organized by sort of uh, class and lineage um, and that sort of thing. And it can be very easy if I think, oh, heck, um, the players are suddenly meeting a dwarf that I did not know they were going to meet today. Type in dwarf uh, in Explorer, chuck one of them onto Albert Radio, and there he is, ready to go. That's awesome. So all these features sound really cool. Are they all on a free tier? Yeah, so this is where it gets. Um, this is where things have changed really recently because Albert Radio are actually working on. Well, I should say the developers responsible for it um, are currently working on what they've branded Albert Radio 2.0. Um, 
Outbear Radio 1 was entirely free. And yep. The downside, one of the main downsides of Outbear Radio, uh, the original, was that it relied on cookies, <laughs> effectively. So um, anything you uploaded, uploaded isn't even really, strictly speaking, the correct term because it was all locally based. Um, right, so it's all session storage on the browser. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So you could only really use it on the computer that, that you were using it on. You could only you would need to make the maps and set up the session on the uh, computer you were using on everything locally stored, which was had has benefits absolutely. Um, and I did quick. use that for a while. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and that was basically limitless, and that was wholly free. Um, I don't think there were any paid features. Um, the difference, and I think it sounds like making this was quite a big decision for them. Um, Albert Radio 2, which is in beta at the moment, um, but freely accessible, um, has virtually all of the same features for free. It does have a paid uh, plan, um, which I think is three, three-ish dollars a month it starts at. Um, because Albert Radio provides you with storage, um, Albert Radio 2.0, I should say, um, which has been fantastic for me. And I, I should say it's free, um, up to 500 meg, I think, or 200 meg. Well, I don't want to get that wrong, but l- less than a gig. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's certainly been enough for me so far. Um, you get access to one room. You get access to however many hundred, 100 meg of uh, uh, uploads. Um, and it's account-based, so... Um, I have a desktop computer in my office. It's what I work on. It's what I do my uh, professional work on. It's how I plan D and D. You know, multi monitor setup, headphones, keyboard, all of that sort of stuff. Um, but like a lot of people, I play D and D with a laptop in front of me, um, and uh, yep. this has been fantastic for uh, sitting where I'm sitting now, getting comfortable in my office chair, headphones on, full keyboard and mouse, and having all of my D&D documents open, Googling in 200 different tabs, um, and I can get that room set up, ready to go for the next day or later that day, um, and then log in on my laptop and it's all there waiting for me, which I understand is a, is a feature of other virtual tabletops that are a lot heavier <laughs> than Albear, but it is a nice change. I think that is an improvement. Awesome. So with, with that cloud storage, um one thing I like about some of them is how it manages music and sound. I'm very bad at doing that myself if I don't let it do it. So I can say here is a pirate ship scene and I just, when I'm preparing it, I attach the audio to it. So I don't have to remember to change the music and things like that. Does it have features like that or is is that sort of still to come? Um, As I understand it, that's the kind of thing um, they're not, they're not focusing on. Um, You have, a grid, um, you have fog of war, um, and currently our radio two has another feature I use quite often, which is the ruler uh, in feet, which is fantastic for certain spells and attacks. Oh um, yeah, and that's probably it. Uh, they have a dice roller you can use. I think they've just added an uh, initiative tracker if you want to use that as well. So they are our radio two is moving more in that direction, 
And so I wouldn't be entirely surprised to see a feature like that. What they do have, funnily enough, um, I hadn't planned to talk about this, but since you mentioned music, they have a, another application called uh, Kenku FM, uh, which I also use, which I think is fantastic, also wholly free, um, which is, look, functionally an internet browser, um, but exclusively for D&D music. So you have effectively bookmarks. And I have, for example, Spotify, YouTube, um, and a website called Tabletop Audio, which is also fantastic. Um, I also use Tabletop Audio. It's very good. Isn't it great? So I have that. I wholeheartedly enjoy it. Um, As well as you can uh, chuck your own, you can make your own Tabletop Audio-esque playlists um, with Mm. your own own audio files with Kenku natively. So I might have Kenku running and I'll have... um, Spotify for the background music and then tabletop audio open for the sound effects. And I like to sort of DJ my own music and sound effects, although it's, it's funny you should mention that because, um, even, even in tonight's session, I got in a little bit of, I got a little bit of flack from my players because, uh, I had quaint farm music on and didn't change it for a dragon chase. And they thought, this, oh, is, yeah. this is very peaceful music for what's happening right now. And I thought, oh, so yeah, you, you, the features you're talking about can be very. Uh, I I just helpful. I have too much going on in my head sometimes to worry about music. One hundred percent. So if I can um, offload that from my brain to the computer's brain, I try to. One hundred percent. Um, and I think that sort of speaks to the different playstyles of D and D and the different um, strategies for for GMing. Um. If you want lightweight and you want simple, and I mean, for me, I play on a real tabletop um, and I play with a uh, TV screen on the table. So I used to do that. I would love to go back to it. mm, uh, Yeah. And I think so much of the appeal of Albert for me is in that situation because I'm doing so much and we're playing in real life. We have real dice that we roll. Um, people might be using character apps on their phone or um, taking notes in actual notepads. Um, All I really want this app to do is display the map with a grid so I can move tokens around. Um, And originally we even played with miniatures on top of the TV, so Fog of War had to be manual in that case anyway because... Um, short of some very, very complex systems that I do not have the time or money to set up. Um, uh, the TV doesn't know where the tokens are. Um, yeah, and Arkham uh, so, does that actually, which is great software too. But We did, when I, when I did that with the TV, we did the uh, miniatures on top of the TV. Uh, I, I liked that. That was really fun because like, people really get into having the miniature of their character. Mm, absolutely. I was actually kind of amazed at how easily my players transitioned to completely virtual tokens, Um, and that let me that lets me lean into a lot more of the improvisational stuff. Because as I was describing before, I can just quickly find a token and say, "Oh, this guy's here now," Um, which actually is probably a good tie into one of Albert Radio's actual features in regards to tokens is um, uh, attaching sort of effects and status markers to tokens, which can be extremely useful. Um, If somebody is on fire, for example, they have a little, they include a little fire token. Um, They have the status tokens like charmed and so on. 
Um, it's also we play a naval campaign, very useful. I can attach the tokens to a boat and just move the boat. So, so they have the, sort of the fundamentals, I think. They make it very simple for me to just open the browser and go, which I really appreciate. Yeah, that sounds really good. I, I do like that sort of minimal setup, worry about playing the game, not about designing. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I feel like we've only scratched the surface of it now, even despite it being feature light, it really does have have so much going on. But if you, um, I, I would I would highly recommend it to someone who maybe finds things like Roll20, which are fantastic services, absolutely, but more than they need. I mean, I just wanted something simple and effective and uh, our bear radio has hit it out of the park for me. I have realized I could probably talk about it all day, but um, I would I would 100% advise you to check it out for yourself. Everyone who's interested in that sort of thing, who just needs a straightforward battle map, um, please, please check it out. Hey, we love, we love some passion here. All right, well, I think um, that was definitely, yeah, I think very helpful to people. Uh, hopefully check it out. So that was our bear rodeo. Uh, do you know the website off offhand? If not, people can Google it. That I'm sure there's not a cleaning service that that, that people dress up as owl bears going around cleaning houses or something. I would hire that though. Um, but no, conveniently, uh, it is owlbear dot rodeo. I love it so much. We love we love it simple. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, in that case, um, we'll we'll head to break now. So uh, listen to what we have in store in the break, and we'll catch you back in a few minutes. Welcome back to Tabletop Treasures. We're going to get into one of my favorite segments, and that is uh, storing your hoard, where we design a nice little place, a nice little place for your role-playing endeavors. Kieran, do you want to get us started? I sure do. I think you'll really like what I've sort of come up with in like the last 10 minutes in my head. Um, so let's say you're playing a goblin a gnome, a halfling, something like that. Love it already. And you are dirt poor. I mean like dirt poor. So you're you're in a big city and the only thing you can afford is to rent a um series of like like land or places in between people's houses. So you're always on the move. What can you take? Well, you've just done a quest and you found like a quite lot, like let's say half a meter high by a meter wide uh, treasure chest. So your your small character, gnome or whatever, uh, gets the inspiration from one of those uh, TV shows, like the micro living ones. And they build out their whole home in this. So inside the treasure chest is a smaller treasure chest where they keep their gold and valuables. There's a little bed in there, like a set, like a little kind of loft area that they keep all their food and rations and everything. I think this is really cool because, like, this is something that they could take with them to. Like, so if they're out on the road camping, they have their little home with them. They've got their miniature home. Like if their party gets a cart or something, they chuck their chest on there and they, they are set up. 
I love it. It's an all in so so we're talking somewhere between tiny tiny homes and um a pokeball. Or maybe I should say a bag of holding. <laughs> yes. So I like yeah, like as you sort of get more in depth with the character, you could use the magic of bag of holdings and other things inside of it. Um or maybe like one day you get it enchanted and you open the chest up and it is like a big mansion, like um, that spell that makes a mansion for you out of a tent. <laughs> that one spell that does that thing. Yeah. So like you could convert the chest into doing that. And oh, so, like, so what you're saying, you're saying an actual size chest. Am I, am yeah. I right? Yeah, okay. Like so no, a, not a pocket dimension. Like you're living in the storage container. You are living in the storage container. So like, Think think of a gnome. They've they've got like this meter space. The gnome is taking two thirds of that. At the end, there's a chest inside the chest to hold their valuables. Up above them is like a, a sort of loft shelf that holds their food and some other valuables and any other like equipment they need. Um, like let's say they're laying down to the right. They've got their uh, equipment and stuff. So the left, they've got all these notes and dates and stuff. They've all, all the stuff they've written down, any articles they find or um, scrolls and useful things. Yeah, like it, it's an all-in-one compact. Oh, okay. So this is yeah, we're 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 talking tiny homes. We're talking shipping container turned f- apartment. Exactly. For, except for your gnome for or your goblin, <laughs> uh, which is great because I've met uh, goblin players and I've met kobold players, and um, being carried around in a treasure chest is uh, absolutely the vibe I get from them. Yeah, like I feel like it's exactly what they want to do as adventurers, and like just being able to be like, I don't need a tavern. Uh, just find me a piece of like dirt that I can put my chest on. Yeah. Just being, just being fun, kooky little guys, funny little guys. That's what the, that's what all of these races are about. Exactly, and like if you're a gnome or a goblin, like you're probably you might be a tinkerer of things. So you could like get, put heaps of inventions in it. Like maybe you put sentries and wards on it. So like when if you get interrupted during a sleep at camp, uh, and it fires off a magic missile or something like that. There's heaps of stuff that I think you could do with your tiny home. I mean, um, Tinker is putting wheels on it is is the first thing that springs to mind. Oh my god! So okay, they put wheels on it, and their bed, like you know, those hospital beds, which like the back Mm -hmm. goes up. Maybe they put some contraction like that. The bed goes up, a wheel comes out, and they can start driving it. That's, I mean. We're very quickly approaching tabletop racing, which I'm absolutely not complaining about. Tabletop racing. Wacky Coming races. Coming this is... spring to consoles everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think I think there's heaps of places you go. Like, it could kind of be, uh, I know there's like an artificer class sort mm-hmm. of in uh, dungeons where you can like have different items that you sort of evolve over time. Like, this could definitely be that type of thing. Something that stays with your player, right? The entire point time of the campaign, and and it just gets more and more ridiculous. Oh, absolutely! And and you'd name it like what? What would you name it? Like this would be this is my treasure hut, or like something like that. <laughs> I I need it to be alliterative 
to be honest. Need to be I, need it to, I need it to be... Oh. That's a tough one, actually. Uh, well, uh, so you're playing a gnome. Your gnome's name is Dinkwood. This is Dinkwood's dwelling. Yeah, perfect. You're on it. So, yeah, like you, you could go really far with that, I think. Um, if you aren't playing fantasy, I think this works for a bunch of other stuff as well. Like modern, you could just make it you're living out of a car. There's nothing right, wrong yeah. with that. Um, your suggestion of shipping container made me think of some of the space shows that I've watched where oh, yeah. they they do have massive space ports of shipping containers. Like what if you just live in a, a shipping container, you put some like oxygen oxygen rebreather stuff in it and like you're just living in shipping containers again thrown around space. <laughs> Free travel. This is <laughs> I see I see two immediate uh, characters who would do that. And that's sort of like hard boiled space smuggler detective type and uh, the other is serial killer. Ah, oh, serial killer would be a good one. That'd be an interesting campaign. Um, emerging out of shipping containers on these long voyage cargo spacecraft. Sort yeah, of and then Dracula. The authorities keep, keep questioning all the crew of the ship, but it's none of them. Well, it's a, it's a space vampire. That's true. So, I, I, I see multiple. Yeah, I see the applications in every sort of. Um, setting uh where i feel like this is just speaking to the broader concept of um home bases in general from the sort of like tiny living perspective um i love the way you've taken it as a gnome literally living in a treasure chest and then we can expand it all the way up to an actual yeah i really container. like the theme of them living in like a treasure like literally living in the thing that they're hunting for for all their adventures, basically. I like that. I like, I love the idea of a moving home. Um, I've always wanted to run something Western, maybe where they live on a train. I just, something about, I mean, I love trains, but I, there's just something to that where the you whole home base comes with you. Uh, learn about trains together. He has we four different train sets now. Like different branded Fantastic. train sets because people just keep giving him train sets <laughs> and he loves it. When he's old enough, I'll run that campaign and he can play in it. He, I think he'd really like that. So, yeah, that's. I think that's kind of where I've taken that. Um, but, yeah, I'd be really happy to... I think I would love to run that character. Mm -hmm. I just feel like there's so much to it, like... One thing I've always struggled with is like you're an adventurer and like sometimes in campaigns you like get a castle or something as a reward and like you never see it. No, never. It's like, all right, and you go back to your castle for downtime and next session, all right, you're leaving your castle. Like there, there surely can be quests or like adventures and stuff that happen as like your castle gets attacked or like things like that. Yeah. But it's very much like at the back thought of – when you're playing your character, whereas this is 100%. like, oh, we we can be in any town. Like I'm home. I'm home wherever I am. Literally, mm, gives you comfy Animal Crossing vibes. I think you're right. Um, I like I do run a nautical campaign, and they have a boat. And the, even then, they never they're never on the boat. We do some some um, 
transport sessions now and then where they go from one island to another. But beyond that, they spend weeks at a time on these islands doing quests and stuff. And maybe that's my DMing, but even still, like, they're not on it enough for it to feel like home because all of the content happens away from it. Mm. Um, I think you can't do too much either, otherwise it gets pretty stale. Um, what I just I came up with some like cool ideas for the treasure chest though. Like if you take it into oh, a dungeon, you could pretend to be a mimic and just like get a long rest. <laughs> it definitely gives mimic vibes. And yes, like, that would like, be just, some interesting skill checks. Like just just like you can do so many creative things to get around other systems in the game. Like oh, for sure. And like you, you could hide in mansions you could like inside your like you let's say it locks from the inside because i imagine it would you could um get taken as uh like confiscated material and get into the big bad guy's lair that's like, actually what i was thinking the sort of subterfuge you could do with that the party could leave you somewhere um to be acquired to sneak exactly. you into the castle or the garrison so I, th- I think, yeah, so many things you could do with this. We've probably only scratched the surface. So, yeah, And just thematically, there's so much. I mean, does it have to be a treasure chest? Could it be a cardboard box? It could be a cardboard box. So I feel like that would break pretty easily. But no, if, if you're <laughs> thinking about it, like you could, you could convert like a little uh, horse and cart to this. There's... Oh, absolutely. So many things I would love to sort of explore with it. One hundred percent. I mean, look, cardboard box comes from the fact that I run cat people in my setting as small, so they are like gnomes and goblins and kobolds. And I feel like um, your your fantastic treasure chest idea that is a tiny little cat person who carries their cardboard box around with them would be pretty cute to run. You could have a. Um like a cat tree built into a cart or something. Oh, fantastic. That's where I would go with it. All right. I think that's pretty good for our story horde with yeah, our, nice one. Um, tiny home treasure chest. I don't, like we need to come up with a name for it. I just can't think of it off the top of my head. I'm but feeling like, tiny home treasure chest. I like that. All right. I like it. Um, yeah, so the tiny home treasure chest, yeah, like, use it, love it. Nice, well done. That was a good one. All right, so um, I think that that's it for us this week. So you're going to take us out, Ryan? Yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening to Tabletop Treasures. Um, if you liked what you heard, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. Um, or uh, if you really liked what you heard, feel free to chuck us a review because uh, those things really, really help. Um, and as always, go get that treasure. See you next time, everyone.